Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coffee Time with Byron. I am your host, Byron. Alongside me is former UFC fighter and other promotions, Chris Brennan. Um, but first, before I get involved with him, I got to tell you who I uh, am partnering with on this podcast for the second episode. Um, and episodes in the future, which I'm very proud of. Podcast One, I know you've heard of them. And I gotta give a shout out to them and the sponsor, BetOnline.net. So if you get your, we got an interesting round of college tonight, get your bets in, got pro tomorrow, you got Monday Night Football, you even got the baseball going on, you had UFC this morning. I mean, so get your bets going. It's a pleasure to be partnering with them from here on in. So go to betonline.net to put your votes in. But now let's get to it. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Brennan. How are you tonight? Awesome, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So I got. let's get started. I got to ask you the first, to put, put you on the spot, the first question I got to ask we were talking about it um, via text before we ever got online. Uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast for those who are watching and listening that want to uh, listen to it and where can it be found at? So it's called the Strangler Podcast. Um, I'm from the West Side Strangler. Um, it's all over. It's on, on Spotify, on Apple, on uh, YouTube, you know, regular regular places. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I, I, I've got a lot of good stories and a lot of good insight on things. So that's why a lot of people were interested in having me start one. I have had issues getting the bigger name guys, you know, I've gotten in contact with them and everything. And then it's just kind of, everyone's kind of flaky, which is weird because I know I'm not a huge name guy, but I've said yes to anybody that's ever asked me, you know, I've, I've gone out of my way to, to do you know, uh, podcast for anybody. And I just can't imagine. I was just telling my friends tonight, I was like, no matter how big I would have gotten or could have gotten, I would have never changed as far as that goes. So it's, it's a bummer, you know, a lot of times when I struggle to get some of the, the bigger name guys, but it is what it is. It'll grow. I'm going to stay with it. Cause I, I love doing it. Same. I, I, and again, thank you again for uh, accepting my invite because I honestly I have the same problem you have. I now granted I don't know as many people as you do since you were in the industry, but I am grateful and thankful to everybody that I have had on mine. So I yeah. do appreciate it and I do appreciate your time for it. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. So how many episodes are you in? And I think we you- just did like the 29th, but we do a lot of pre-fight predictions uh-huh. and post-fight ones uh-huh. i've only had like um five, I think five or six guests so far and uh and who was who was your latest one and what did you guys talk about sean patrick flannery um he's actually the star of boondock saints but he's also a jiu-jitsu black belt and uh super great guy i've known him for a really long time and had him on we had a great you know great conversations about a lot of his a lot of his acting stuff but a lot of jiu-jitsu stuff and and uh, my kids competing and stuff like that, and his kids, you know, training and competing now in wrestling. Now, is that show different than the Boondocks that's on Adult Swim? Is it, or is that from the same concept that he's in? Is that is that different? I know you've heard of that show Boondocks before. 
I don't know. I don't know. Really? He does. Boondock Saints is him and another guy, um, super strong Irish accents, and they end up killing guys um, in a like guys were trying to kill them, and he, he smashes that toilet on top of a guy off of a balcony. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy stuff, but it's a really, really good movie. I, and, I'll, uh, I'll have to check it out. I thought he, was, I thought it was something related to the Boondock series. I'm on Adult Swim. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so now tell us, you guys, you told us a little bit about your nickname because it's in your podcast. Now, how yeah. did that name come about, and how did you get that nickname? <laughs> so, UFC 20, we are in, um, I want to say Mississippi, I think, or Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I cornered Tito Ortiz when he fought Guy Mesner that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, also Chuck Lidd- and cornered Jeremy Horn when he fought uh, Chuck Liddell, when he choked out Chuck Liddell. Mm-hmm. And after Tito, we went back to after we got into it with Ken, and that's the time when they like lifted Tito up and turned him around. I think John McCarthy lifted him up and turned him around, and Ken was hanging over the top of the fence yelling. I remember that. Well, we went mm-hmm. backstage to this room, and we end up locked in a room that was like half the size of my kitchen for a couple hours because all of the Lions Den guys and a bunch of the Hammer House guys were after Tito, mm-hmm. and it was like me, Tito, my friend Jeremy, and, I, and like two other people locked in there, and and we couldn't get out because they were trying to fuck all of us up, and no one was like it wasn't. We were way outnumbered. So what happened was we got police escorted over to the hotel, but when we got to the hotel, they were all outside waiting, and my buddy, uh, my buddy Jeremy, Mikey Burnett was there. And do you remember Mikey Burnett? Yep, yep. Yeah. And Good I fire. said Good Yeah, and I said, Hey, I said, if this goes down, I got Mikey. And and my buddy goes, Oh, that'd be awesome. The East Side Assassin versus the West Side Strangler. And I was like, Oh, that's a sick nickname. And it stuck. So Tito jumps off the bus, runs upstairs, gets his baggage, comes downstairs and goes on tour with corn and leaves all of us to deal with it. That's funny because I remember, I, like I said, when you, when you when you say that, and that's how that happened when you first got that nickname. I remember that I, even though I wasn't, uh, even though I wasn't in the UFC at that time, I just remember like when I first started watching it in the early two thousands. I do yeah. remember like highlights of that. Like that was a legit rivalry, like being back in the day, like Tito. I mean, boy, could he back it up, but he really hated Ken Shamrock and the Lions did. Yeah, I mean, you know both of them are so hot-headed, it's crazy. Man, and it took just, I, I mean, obviously he respected Mesker at the end because, I mean, they shook hands and all that. Yeah. But Ken, oh, after that, like, he... The problem was Tito put on a T-shirt when he turned around and said, Gay Mesker is my bitch. Yeah, okay, yeah, and, I do remember that, yep, yep. And Ken yeah. lost his mind. He lost you know, it, yeah. Ken lost his mind. But he yeah. always did that to anybody he fought, though, I mean. Oh, yeah. I, He's I, a WWF guy. Yeah, I, I think he meant it in good spirits, though, Tito, because he, he always respected the fighter, and he shook their hands after, so I think oh, this yeah. was all just sayings that he did on the back of his, just to hype himself up. Yeah. And I, 
and, and, and you would think Ken Shamrock wouldn't have a problem with that because, yeah, like you said, he went to freaking WWF, which yeah. is fake as can be. Right. So, I mean, perfect. it's perfect. <clears throat> but, yeah, like, after that, I mean, after that incident, then you never really heard from the Lions then after that because after that beef with Tito, what did the yeah. Lions then really do? I mean, they disappeared. Did you... I mean, I think Tito fought Ken three times, huh? Yeah. And he beat the crap out of him all three times. All three times. And then they fought yeah. again at their older age. And I think it was Bellator. When Bellator was just coming up, they fought again, I believe. So, Wild. Wild. Um, so, yeah. Let's start with the – obviously, you've been around. So, I got to ask you about your – Three fights that you had with Pat Militage in the UFC, all close fights, all good fights. I saw every single one, as I told you. What do you remember most about those fights, and what did you gain most out of fighting Militage? I mean, they were really, really early on in my career. It was my like my fourth, fifth, and seventh fight, and it was like his twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty seventh fight. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of uh, experience over me. Mm. I think he was ranked number one at the time, um, one one or four, something like that. But he was like one of the top guys, you know. And uh, the first fight, I we went to a 20-minute draw, one round, 20 minutes. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, I can hang with this guy. Let's let's fight again. Yeah. So I, I kind of talked to the promoter, his manager, Monty Cox, a little bit and kind of talked a little shit. And two months later, we fought again. And we went 30 minutes straight, one round, and I lost a split decision. And then uh, again, two months later, we fought in the UFC lightweight tournament, and I ran into him in the finals, and he choked me up against the fence. I was a blue belt at the time. You know, I was very, very green, very inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And he was just he was just better than me all around. And I just went after him. You know, I tried to go after him as much as I could. I was kind of fearless back then. And, and went uh, and, and you know just try to fight him as best I could. His striking was better than me, but I would chase him on the feet, throwing strikes, getting him to take me down, just so I could try to use jujitsu on him. But yeah, it was it was early, you know. I I improved a lot. I got tough from those fights. Got a lot of you know people people don't uh, credit the experience you get out of long fights like that early on in your career, and and I'm grateful for those because they his fights made me you know who I was for sure. Now, obviously, obviously, he's started his own camp, which is has a who had a who's who of fighters come out of it. Oh yeah, uh, arranging from Hughes, Sylvia, Horn, uh, Pulver, Pulver, yep, to, and others. I'm not naming, but I know there's tons of others. Yeah. Now, after you fought him, you were like you said, you were just the young young lion coming into the business. After he fought, you guys fought. Did he ever like? Did you or did you ever stop think maybe you could train with him possibly or any of that so, come about maybe? Yeah, probably the biggest mistake in my career is not traveling to train with other guys. You know, I had my own gym, and I end up, you know, shortly after I opened my gym, I end up getting married, had a baby, right. you know, and so on and so forth. So I never really left to to go train except I would go like Big Bear for the last couple of weeks of my fight camps which was still close to home, but I always had my own fighters with me. And so that was probably like the, the, the biggest mistake I made. And at the time there wasn't a lot of people traveling to other camps, you know, there wasn't like camps, 
uh, to travel to and, and to do that with. But I definitely, we, we were super cool after that. That's how I cornered Jeremy Horn a couple of times for, for those guys when they weren't there. Um, and, and we got along really well. He's a good dude. Respect him a lot. He ended up being the five time champ off yeah. of that night, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to, yes, but no, I never, uh, I never did. Now, according to this, you can tell me if this is wrong or not, but according to Wick, you were in three different divisions, middleweight, welterweight, and white light. Now, how much of a cut or how much did that affect your weight? Because that's, that's, that's like 30-pound difference in those three yeah. classes. How did it affect you as a fighter? So for the most of my career, I fought at 170. And uh, that was okay. You know, I, I still had about a 15-pound cut to 170. And uh, then I was scheduled to fight um, uh, Sakurai mm-hmm. in Shudo. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they asked me to fight him. I said yes. And I had eight weeks to make weight. And I was big. I had been. I had just fought at 170 and blew up afterwards. Went to Japan for somebody else's fight for Rampage and Sakuraba, I think. And I came back and I was big, like 206. And uh, I said yes. So in eight weeks, I've got to make 167. Like was that that was their 170 over there? Mm-hmm. So I start cam, start cam, getting lighter, getting lighter, getting lighter, and I hit. Uh, I'm, I'm four weeks in, and they call and say that Sakurai got injured and asked if I would fight Gomi, and I said yes, you know. And then I got off the phone, and, and my brother was like, "Hey, dude, Gomi's a 55er." And I was like, "Oh, well, they know I'm a 70, so maybe they're like, maybe he's moving up." And and he goes, "I don't know, I'll call." So he calls back, like, "No, no, 55." And I was like, "Yeah, I can't make 55." And my brother's like, "Are you sure?" And I was like bro like i cut so much already to 70 and it's 15 more pounds uh and sure enough we just said yeah we'll do it and and so in eight weeks i went from 206 to 154.3 and and fought gomi and it was a great fight you know uh another it was actually my favorite fight um i lost the split decision there as well but i, I, I it was my favorite fight and i felt like in the united states i won the first and third round and, uh, but regardless, I, I was, you know, I was bummed, but it, it was, it was, uh, another great fight against the best guy. He was number one in the world at the time. And I always, you know, I never said no to anybody. I always got those big fights because I would fight, you know, anybody right. and, and I hung with everybody. So that was, you know, that was the most important thing to me is just put on a good fight. And, uh, it's different now that my kids fighting, you know, we, we, we fight to win we train properly and, and do everything to to win the fights but um i just fought my ass off with what i had back then and um so for that that point i fought a couple more times at 55 and then i moved back to 70 got invited to fight in pride i fought in hawaii once at 185 and then i got invited to fight in japan and pride and their weight class was like 183 they didn't have the lighter weight class yet so my first two fights there were at 183 and then I fought once at 61 there, 161. And uh, that was kind of all over the place. But I was big. I, I was. I mean, I'm short. I'm 5'8", but I used to walk at like 195, 190, 195 so, with a lot of muscle. Before we get into Pride, which I see that you were in as well, like you just said, you went over there. Yeah. 
Uh, you said your son is into it. Has he been? Does he want to be like you and fight in the UFC or any promotion? What has he been scouted yet? He's seven and zero in Bellator right now. Yeah, he's ranked number ten in Bellator right now. He's a stud. Um, honestly, the only what's that? I'll have to tune into that. Yeah, his name's Luke yeah. Brennan, Lucas Brennan Skywalker. Okay, but he is. Uh, Super good, good wrestler, crazy good jujitsu, good striker, and we've been going up to Gloria MMA in Missouri to train uh, for the, for this this next fight coming up in, in his camps and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely he's going to be better than me, no question. He's he's already on the right track. He's three and zero as an amateur, seven and zero as a pro, all in Bellator, ranked number ten, and just climbing. Hey, that just goes to show you you trained him well at first before he went to somebody else. You trained no, him I'm, well. He's still training with me. I'm his head coach. We just go there for the, the training partners. You know, he gets a great room up there. They've got 50 guys on the mat and 20, 20 guys in the UFC every day. It's wild. Good training there. See, you, you trained him well. Yeah, sure, he yeah. may be better than you, like you said, but hey, you trained him. That's the main thing. For sure. So there you go. Do you, so do you see him winning a championship soon? Um, probably two years, you know, we'll probably have, uh, three fights next year and, and, uh, work our way down the rankings. And then, you know, hopefully you never know once you get to the, to the top five, who gets the title shot, but, you know, ho hopefully it's like, um, six, six fights away. What rank, what rank is he now in Bellator? 10. 10. So he's going to yeah, be number 10. He's gonna yeah, he's there. There you go. Uh, so now let's get into pride. Now, obviously that ring was totally different than the octagon. Now tell yep. us about that fighting in an actual ring, which is like a boxing slash WW, you know, F slash whatever E, whatever ring it was, uh, right. compared to fighting in the octagon or King of the Cage, whatever other promotion you were. How how different was it fighting in a cage compared to an actual ring? Yeah, it was different. Um, I feel like your wrestling's got to be better, more technical, because you can't use the the ropes like you can the fence. Um, you can use the corner a bit. You know, you can lean on the ropes a bit, but you're not allowed to, like, if you grab the ropes, they smack your hand off. You know, um, I ran into a problem in my first Pride fight. I armbarred Eiji Mitsuoka, and we were, like, kind of in the ropes. Mm -hmm. But he yelled and tapped, and the ref jumped in and stopped us, and then I... I turned around and walked away with my hands up and they said, no, no, no. And he argued, he said, didn't tap. And they made us fight again. And, uh, then I come around and broke his shoulder, the same arm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely different. You have to a little more out in the open wrestling for takedowns and stuff like that. And, and, uh, can't like scoot your way over to the fence to get, to get up. You know, you'll, they'll push you back in guys stand on the outside and push you back in the in the ropes. Now, did you did you fight with them before UFC bought them out? Yes, yes. So, uh, did, you, did you fight any UFCers that were over there before they came to the UFC? It's just Gomi. Gomi. Yeah, Gomi. Um, oh yeah, Aj Mitsuoka is another guy. He actually ended up fighting Gomi, I think, in Japan in, in the UFC. Um, I, I forget who else he fought in the UFC, but he came to the UFC. Um, I think that is it. Over that I, that I fought from over there that, that fought in the UFC, yeah. Now, besides besides um, the the fight, the like you said, the lightweight championship that you were part of, um, did you get to fight for any other championships in your career? I won the King of the Cage belt three times. Um, beat 
Uh, Joe Stevenson put him to sleep, knocked out Antonio McKee, who's AJ McKee's dad, mm-hmm. um, beat Thomas Denny, armbar Thomas Denny. Um, I, I forget. I, I think I've got six wins there and, and uh, one loss to John Alessio. So I see in 2014, you get inducted into the Mixed Martial Arts Hall of Fame. What is that feeling like to be inducted? That was cool. That was down in Houston, Texas, actually. They they came and uh, they met, called me and invited me and told me that I was going to be inducted. So that was pretty neat. Um, went down there with my family and stuff. And uh, that was pretty cool. Cool to be, to be recognized. I knew, obviously, wouldn't get into the... The UFC Hall of Fame, friggin' Jens Pulver's not in the UFC Hall of Fame yet. He was the first 55 champ, right, you know. Right. Uh, but but I, I was super stoked to be in there. Yeah, there's a lot of UFC fighters that should be in the Hall of Fame but aren't. <laughs> no question. That that I'm sure you can agree with that. No question. Heck, heck, with the way what's his name? Um, we just talked about him. Oh yeah, Sylvia. The way he was fighting, he. I mean, come on, he should be in. Tim? He, yeah, Tim Sylvia, the way he oh, fought, yeah. the way he fought. I mean, he yeah. won, practically won all of his fights before. No he question. Left. He should be no in the question. Hall of Fame. And yeah, Pulver, that's that's another one. And I don't know, is Penn in the Hall of Fame? I don't know, is he? Um, I don't know, but I'm sure he will be because Dana liked him. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about Dana, bro. It is. You know, you're right. It is. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got I got to ask you on now. I'm. I've had a couple other fighters on here. I don't know if you've met him personally or talked to him personally. Oh yeah, but yeah. <laughs> what what is he like as a person? I know he's a promoter and he's got to sell the fights. That's his job. Sure. That's what he does. But what is he like as a human being? Does he do you think he really cares about you guys as fighters? Like what? Tell us about him. I mean, if you're if you're making him money, he cares about you, right? Um, my we get along now we're cool now but my my big experience with him was so i beat joe stevenson okay mm-hmm. put him to sleep with a triangle mm-hmm. and then he goes on and fights on the ultimate fighter and wins the ultimate fighter ufc calls me and wants me to fight joe stevenson as his basically coming out party from the ufc or from the from tough right and they offered me three thousand to show three thousand to win and I said, no, I said, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not starving. Right. right. And, I uh, you. I don't blame you. I wouldn't take that either. Yeah. I was like, there was no reason to. And I said, well, and we argued about it. This is, I'm talking to Joe Silva at the time. And, uh, and he says, uh, I said, what's he making? And he goes, well, that's different, you know? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, and, and he was making 20 grand. And I said, uh, I said, I, I just beat him. You know, you're going to pay me three and three and pay him 20. Well, he's, he won the show. It's different. He's, you know, he's in a different position than you now. Right. I said, nah, I'm good. <clears throat> so then uh, they hit me up the next day and they look, we can put you up. We can give you four and four and we'll put you on the poster. And I'm like, you know, no, no. <clears throat> Joe starts talking trash, Stevenson. And he didn't talk trash the first time. And that's why I put him to sleep. Like a lot, of, a lot of people didn't know why I didn't let go of the triangle, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I held on to the triangle till he till he slept. Starts talking trash again. So I tell Joe Silva, I said, "Fine, send over the contract. I'll do it." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a month goes by, and I've got no contract. And the Gracie Fighting Championships 
comes along and they're putting on an event and they hit me up and said, Hey, we'll pay 25,000 flat to fight, uh, um, uh, Adam DeSabato. He was actually BJ Penn's wrestling coach. He was an NCAA champ from, from uh, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, when is it? And it was 35 days after what the UFC would be. And, uh, I said, yes. And then that same day they posted it. Joe Silva calls me. He's like, Hey, you can't take that fight. Blah, blah, blah. You're fighting for us. And I said, bro, I don't have a contract. We sent you a contract a month ago. And I said, so you sent me a contract a month ago and you haven't gotten it back. And you're not going to question where it's at. I was like, you guys never sent me a contract. I don't have one. You can't take that fight. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the fight unless you guys are going to pay me a lot more because they're paying me this and, and you're paying me that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he says, no, you, you agreed, you know, whatever. Dana calls me. <clears throat> and Dana had given me tickets a couple times to the UFC before this. Right. And, right. and, and he, he calls me and he's like, hey, you know, you can't take that fight. You, you're going to fight for us, blah, blah, blah. And I said, bro, you're going to pay me 25 grand. You're paying me three and three. I was like, you know, four and four now. You're offering me. I said, come on. And, uh, he argued, no, it's going to be do a lot more for you. I said, if I was in a position in my life where it would do a lot for me, cool. I said, but I'm not, you know, I was already, I was already, I don't remember how old it was, but I was getting older. And, uh, I said, it's not like I'm going to get in the UFC and go on a run right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he says, uh, he tells me how to take it. I said, I'll tell you what, and it was my, I was, I was married at the time. It was my anniversary. I said, I'll tell you what I said, give me, give me two good seats for the fights this weekend and, and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. he goes ah oh, i can't really and i went and i hung up the phone and and that was it so the next day uh he posts on the underground forum chris brennan's a fucking bitch <laughs> and so i didn't see it because i left to big bear to go start camp Okay, I go to Big Bear, and by the time I got there, this thing's like twenty pages long of people talking shit, mostly to Dana, because he's the CEO of the company, yeah. doing this to a fighter, right? And uh, I jumped in a little bit, and I was like, "Fuck him!" He goes, "Oh no!" He said, "If you don't," t-, before this, when we we're on the phone, he said, "If you don't take this fight, you're banned from the UFC. You'll never fight fight for us again." Right. And that's when I said, "Okay, you know, hook me up with two tickets." He said, "No, I have up. I don't give a shit." So, so during all this, you know, it, it goes, it's wild. It's, uh, you know, uh, he, he talks trash. I don't know if he responded in there very much. Everybody else did. And, and I, I ended up coming out looking better than he did. Mm-hmm. And then however long later the fight was, uh, I went to the UFC to watch the fights. When I'm walking by the pool at, at, mandalay bay the people from pride were there and said hey chris call c- come here and i sat and talked with them i ended up signing my pride deal at the ufc oh yeah big time and and they paid way more than the ufc especially you know? when yeah at the time like you said they weren't they they, they didn't buy pride at the time yeah so that no no it was it was all fuck just, you that'd be a fuck yeah. you to them yeah, and I went over there and got paid, you know, much better. And, yeah, it was cool. I got to fight in Japan for pride. There you go. There you go. And now how, how would you say your how would you say your relationship with Dana is now? Have you mended so with him? Years later, uh, somebody said something on, 
on Twitter and I replied and my name was in it somehow. I don't know why. And I replied and I said, tell me you love me, Dana. And he replied, I love you, bro. And then, so we messaged back and forth and he, he hooked me up with six tickets that following weekend to the UFC 125 with Frankie and Gray Maynard mm-hmm. and uh, me and my brothers went and, and me and Dana met up and we're cool. And he's actually hooked me up since then. I, I sat second row at the, uh, Adesanya, Whitaker fight in Melbourne, Australia. There you go. I mean, at least yeah. you guys meant it for now, but wait until your son wants to possibly, until he tries to get your son. Yeah, the only way that happens is if something like Michael Chandler happens where he's like, has gets the belt and, and is, they're offering like 800 grand or something, something crazy. You know, otherwise, man, he has no plans to leave Bellator. He makes very good money there. Right. He makes his own sponsorship money there. The people at Bellator know who he is. You know, it's he's not lost in a, a sea of thousand fighters. You know, it's uh, they treat him really well. Uh, we, we would prefer to stay there and you know fight and win and defend that belt. Now, obviously, there's them. There's professional fight league, and there's uh, and there's uh, what's the other one? One. Yeah. Where a lot of those former UFC fighters go. Now, um, do you see any of those shows? outdoing UFC at all. It's so hard, man, because they were new. They were the, the, the number one show for so long. You know, it's like somebody else trying to now come and start a new football league and outdo the NFL. You know, it's very difficult just because they've been so built up and it's what the mass public knows more than the rest. Um, It'll be hard. I love the fact that Bellator is now getting a lot of, of good UFC fighters. You know, they got Corey Anderson who came over on a win streak, ranked number four in the division. Um, you, you know, uh, there, there's there's Yola Romero. There, there's a lot of good guys switching over cyborgs there now. And they're not the the tip-top guys in the UFC, but they're, they're big-name guys. And that's what they need. They need big-name people for people to start following to see them fighting there you know, and just kind of start to catch on and more and more. But a lot of it's advertisement, man. The UFC, you see it everywhere, you know, and, and I think it just needs to, to be pushed in front of everybody's face as much as possible. Have great fights, but not just great fights. They've got to have, you know, people have to know the fighters. Otherwise, they don't watch them. You know, like I rarely, I rarely watch the, the undercard unless there's someone on it I know. And now I'm watching a little more now that my son's fighting a lot. So I'm watching kind of everybody just to see everyone's style, what's working, what's not working. You know, the the calf kick's a big thing, you know. Um, so a lot of the stuff that's, that's new that we do in training, I just kind of keep an eye on everything and see what's what's what. See, yeah, that's where, that's where I got to say I kind of lost interest in it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still like it. I got the UFC fight pass. I watch all the old fights. But once the, once the old names and all that, that all I remembered watching it in a day, all of them retired, I don't yeah. hardly know anybody anymore. I mean, it's like hard to get back into because all of them are leaving the sport because they're old. It's crazy. I'll watch a card now and know maybe one person on it. And I'm like, How, what? You know, yeah. there used to be a time where if somebody said I fought in the UFC, I could say bullshit. You never fuck fought in the UFC because I knew everybody. But yeah. now I'd be like, maybe you did. <laughs> you know, I was like, exactly. maybe, 
Maybe you do now. I don't know. Exactly. I know. It's, it's, it's weird because I know, of course, I know some of the names still. Obviously, there's John Jones, um, the guy who just fought at this one today in Abu Dhabi, Oliveira. You know, yeah. Um, I think, no, he's in another promotion. Never mind. I was thinking of McDonald, but he's in another promotion. There, there's a bunch of other ones I can't think of right now on the top of my head. But yeah. Yeah, other than that, though, most of the fighters are just brand new, and I don't know them. Yeah. And, yes, I regret not tuning in earlier to see these fighters because I'm sure they're pretty good. They are. I'm sure they're all I'm For sure. sure. Are. But it's just how I grew up watching this sport, and then they all just all of a sudden retire or just disappear off the UFC scene. Yeah, I I just kind of lost interest. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's like what you just said too. I mean, you, I'm sure you agree with me on that too because you just said it yourself. You hardly you hardly know anybody. You it yeah. took you a while just to get back into it. <laughs> oh yeah, only the main guys, you know. Otherwise, there's so many people and so many foreign guys too. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. And, and and they're not from here, so I'm trying to figure out who's who. There's like 19 guys with the last name Nurmagomedov. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So, uh, but yeah, you know, there's 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 a lot of good guys. There's a lot of good guys in the PFL as well. Um, uh, and there's a bunch in Bellator. There's a bunch in one, you know, there's a lot of, you know, great guys that just everyone gets seen in the UFC at the moment. Yeah. So if theoretical, obviously I know you're way far retired, but if you were to come back fighting today, like pull Randy Couture, who would you want to fight? Who's the one person you would want to fight and why would you want to fight them? Someone that's fighting right now or anyone, anyone, Pat, you would want a rematch? Yeah, bro. I was a blue belt when I fought him. I'm fucking three-time jiu-jitsu world champion now at black belt. I'd like to see that. <laughs> I, I Actually, I'd like to see that. It'd be the final fight. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him, obviously. He doesn't owe me a fight. He, he beat me. Um, but, yeah, I would love to, to run that one back just for the sake of, of doing it. There you go. For sure. I, I don't, I'd like to see that. I'd pay for, I, I'd, I'd pay for that fight. Hell, yeah, yeah. hell, you see these Paul brothers, I mean, which I class you now. <laughs> granted, granted, I, I, kudos to them. They're again, kudos to them for being big, get that, making money. That's what, I mean, that's it. Well, that's them. I, kudos to them. But honestly, I, do, I just don't like the way how he's, well, who is it? Yeah, Jake. How, how Jake is doing it because he's fighting all old guys. And then talking shit like he's beating somebody. Right. Why and don't then even boxers. Right. Why don't you fight somebody your own age and that's actually going through the sport now? I get you want right. to promote yourself, and you and I, and I appreciate the way you got there, but look at who you fought. They're all retired, and you got, I mean... Not, and they not weren't even great strikers in MMA to begin with. I mean, Woodley had good knockouts, but but he's not a boxer. Exactly. You know, so what's your take? What's your take on that? Do you do you like you are you like me? Like you respect how they're how he's doing it, but just wish he would fight somebody in his, on his own playing field. For sure, for sure, and and I think he's now gonna you know everyone still thinks Anderson's gonna to smoke him. He can box, bro. Like. Even though he's an idiot, you yeah, know, he and can. he's he's making millions, he can box. 
Yeah. And he's a big guy, and yeah, he's muscular, and he's young, and he's fit. This is, yeah, this is the first one where he's actually fought somebody that I think is 50-50. One, he can beat yeah. because of his age. And the other part, the other 50%, I don't think so. Because, yeah, before MMA, he was a good kickboxer before he went to UFC. Right. So, yeah, that yeah. be a good one. But people, people because he made, got famous on YouTube, don't give him credit. Jake, Jake can box. Yeah, he can. You know? He and he's a big guy, and he's fit, and he's young, and and I, you know, I see him giving Anderson a bigger problem than everyone expects him to, and and now all he does is train boxing, right? And he's yeah. he's putting money into his training and his camps and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan, but I at least got to give credit where credit's due. He's he's definitely, you know, putting in the work, and people don't have to say yes to fighting him. They, they do it for the money, right? Yep. And and so that's why he's able to can capitalize on and continue doing what he's doing. But, you know, uh, I definitely would like to see him fight a boxer. Uh, yeah, definitely. So now, like, now you were in the age of to where women weren't fighting, weren't fighting MMA or at all had the chance to. Now... What do you think about that when that came first came into play with women actually fighting MMA? Did you like the idea of that, or they they were fighting back then? They just weren't fighting the UFC. Um, I, I had uh, girls that fought. There were girls that uh, fought in Hook and Shoot, which is an uh, organization. They had an all girls show. There was girls that fought in Shooto in Japan. Um, I mean, it's definitely different. And and I'm not I'm not. Uh, there are some good girls, and then there are some girls that, you know, like I was discussing Caitlin Kagan on my podcast who lost tonight, mm. but she she has out of I think she had eighteen or nineteen wins, she had sixteen decisions. And I was like, clearly she doesn't have power, right? She's she's lasting, you know, and and whatever. But I picked the other girl to win because of it, and and she she. A lot of girls don't have that, so you got to watch them. You know, there's not everyone's not a cyborg or an Amanda or, or you know, any of those monster punching girls. Plus, you end up there, there's not enough of them to spread across the weight classes. You've got Kayla Harris in PFL, who's a 55er. You've got Amanda, who's a 35 or 45er, and then you've got Cyborg, who's in in Bellator at 35. 35, 45, 35. I think 35. Yeah. No, 45. She's a 45 because she, she beat Julia Budd for the belt and Julia was a 45 also. Okay. But so, so, you know, they're all spread out everywhere. You don't get the best fighting the best. And uh, so people can, like Kayla can claim that she's the best, but she's literally not fought anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, she could be, but she can't claim to be when she's fighting there. You know, when there's there's other girls in, in the UFC and Bellator that she hasn't fought. So, I don't know. Uh, I, it's cool. I've, I've got friends, you know, that fight that are girls. And, and uh, there's – they're good. They just they're, – they're hard to be a big draw, you know. And, and they I think the UFC does their best to promote them. But, like, Valentina, she'd be – she would be my favorite fighter because she fights the most like a dude. If you ask me, like she's got wrestling, good striking, uh, good, solid ground game, you know, and, and she fights 
the most like the guys fight. Mm. And uh, so I enjoy watching her fight, but for the most part, it is what it is. Now you, you had that little cup of tea again, back after you left the UFC, you fought, you know, tell us how did this fight come about against Gil Castillo at UFC 35? How'd that come about? So after, uh, Gil was the king of the cage champ when I wasn't there for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was supposed to fight Gil and then Gil signed with the UFC and then he carved his name in the back of my belt. I won the belt right after that and he carved his name in it. So, uh, I won the belt back at king of the cage and then the UFC called me to come to the UFC and fight Gil and uh, he was a big dude, man. He yes, was he a. Was. He, I remember him. Yes, he was. Yeah, super stacked wrestler, black belt from Caesar, and uh, I lost a decision to him. I kept getting taken down, and Henzo, who's a, a good buddy of mine, was in his corner with Caesar, and the whole corner was constantly, "Watch out for the armbar! Watch out for the triangle! Watch out for the armbar! Watch out for the triangle!" You know, and, and Henzo was like, "Man, afterwards he's like, man, your jujitsu is beautiful, blah, blah blah." But yeah, I lost a decision. Crazy, crazy night that we fought at Mohegan Sun, which was uh, Lucas's fought there now with Bellator. It's pretty cool. But uh, they the crowd booed our entire fight. And Dana was screaming at the referee for not standing us up. And then two fights later, Chuck Liddell fights a Suloff, and they're on the feet the whole time. And the crowd booed the entire time. And I'm like, what do you guys want? Like, we're grappling, they're striking. So they don't want all they want is someone to stand toe to toe and throw down, you know, put your put your foot in the circle and swing. Because like you said, at the time there were new they they were newly just going to New Jersey at the time. Yeah, so uneducated, you know, the the exactly. fans at the time. So it was uh yeah, it was a whatever. It was my fault too. Like I should have been more more aggressive at attacking and, and whatnot and uh yeah, just made for a boring fight. Like literally my only boring fight. So then you also fought another former UFCer, John Alessio. Tell us about that fight. So that was a fight. That was my last King of the Cage fight until the end of my career. Mm -hmm. um, I fought two more times with him at the end of my career, but uh, I did not want to fight John. We, he, he was uh, he trained a millennia with Javi Vasquez and Romy Aram and, and Batiste and all those guys, and they were all our friends, mm -hmm. and we all trained together a lot. And... Uh, we, we tried to avoid that fight for a long time and they end up, I think it was a super fight. I don't even think it was for the, the king of the cage belt. I think it was for a super fight belt. And, uh, yeah, man, we fought, we, we were, we were boxing crazy story where we're, we're swinging and I'm parrying and we're literally back and forth and she throws a right hand and I covered like this and I got hit right through here in the temple. Boom. And I lean back against the fence. And uh, the next thing I know, the referee's stopping the fight. And I'm looking at Larry Landless, who's a ref, and I was like, what are, you, are you fouling him for something? And he goes, what? He goes, no, shush, like that. And he's like trying to make me be quiet so I didn't embarrass myself. And he tells me to look at the, the Jumbotron. And he hit me 22 times, bro, while I'm standing like this. And I didn't know, I didn't know any of them. I only remember the one and I stayed standing. And as soon as I stopped punching, I put my hands down. And I was like, what's up? And I was totally fine. But there was like a 20 second gap that I never got back of, of getting hit or I wasn't defending myself, I guess. And I watched that and I was like, 
is that right now? <laughs> he goes, that just happened? It was so weird to watch it. I was like, holy shit. So, yeah. Now, I've got to ask you, so, yeah, so you, um, Larry Randless was a good referee, and so well, he was in the UFC along with John McCarthy and them. Yeah. Good referees. I got to ask you about that. They're in a tough spot. I know they know their stuff, but they're honestly in a tough spot. Uh how how do you how do you take that being as a ref? I mean, it's you got to even though I know you know your stuff, it's tough when you know because there's being been a ref, a, being a ref, yeah, there's been some, super tough. Yeah, super there's been tough. a lot of fights where you just don't know, like he could have gone or he could not go. I mean, when you're in there and you've been in the cage, obviously, what do the refs like tell you, or what do they look for to end the fight? What or what do they or what does the promotion tell the tell the refs to look for? Yeah, I mean, defending yourself, right? I guess the number one thing is to be able to defend yourself. Um, I am, since I'm a fighter, I would rather err on the side of letting it go a little long than a little short. You know, one or two more punches isn't going to kill me, but stopping the fight a little early sucks because you've seen guys come back. You've seen guys come back from something, you know, and if they get rocked, they may get hit and come right back to it, you know, and, and they're okay. So I would rather it go a little long, especially because, like, if you're fighting in a large organization, a loss sets you back a lot. Like, yeah. you get set back half your purse for the most part. Yep. You know, you're, you're, if you're, if you're in line for the belt, you're now two or three fights back away from the belt, you know, because there's other guys waiting as well. It's just such a big life, uh, you know, it, it 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 changes the trajectory of your your life at the moment of your of your where your path of where you're going. You know, so it it is not. Uh, I would rather go a little long than a little short. You know, did you ever have a fight like that that was stopped too early that you thought you? Could um, no, no, not that I can think of. All my wins I had 21, 21 wins. 19 were submissions, 18 were in the first round. So, <laughs> um, but that was just kind of, I was going to, I was going to win or lose or, or probably early besides like a handful of decision losses that I had. I only won one decision. It was against Steve Berger and then I had one knockout against Antonio McKee and then the rest were all subs. Now, I got to ask you, um, we got a little, talked about a little bit of Ken Shamrock. He was the first to go to WWE, and then it was, uh, what's his name, the Beast. Um, Dan Severn. Dan Severn, yeah. Um, you, you as a fighter, uh, do you respect them going into the wrestling game? Because I know they start out as wrestlers, but do you respect that in them going through the fake stuff? Yeah, I mean, I don't care after after the the after they're done fighting, you know, if there's if there's money to be made somewhere, I don't that that's cool. I don't like what I don't like is like take Brock Lesnar for example. He comes from wrestling and jumps right into the top of the game, you know, fighting for the belt. Yeah, you know, no, I didn't like that. that yeah, I you did. know, I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of that just because I'm, I'm, I'm more. You got to earn your earn your spot yeah. in the sport, right? Like Bo Nickel right now is calling out, you know, don't put me on the prelims or I won't fight, you know, and, and calling out the top guys. And bro, sure it'd be nice, but you don't deserve it. Right. 
Right. You know, I don't care what you did in wrestling. It's not, it's not MMA. Right. I don't care what you did in the WWE. It's not MMA. The problem is whatever sells tickets is what they're going to do. You know, whatever sells, whatever puts asses in the seats is what they're going to, you know, uh, favor towards. So it, it happens. I agree but, with you. And that's what I hated about Lesnar when he first yeah. came in. And that's what. Hold on. Lost him. We lost him. I'm trying to get him.
Alright, sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. I'm still waiting for him to get on. But thank you for staying with us. I'm trying to get him back on now. But I am going to conclude this part of this episode. Once I get back with him, we'll get back on again. But until then, there's going to be a part two. But right now, I got to conclude part one because part one's almost over. So stay tuned to part two. Well, I'm glad you're back. So, as I was saying, because we got into a, a bit, a little bit about Lesnar. Yeah, that's where I agree with you because when he first came into the UFC, like like you said, literally, like that, he got a title shot, and he only had what one or two fights. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he got footlocked by Frank Mir real fast. Yeah, and then he won the title. I mean, yeah, that was a bummer. It was. But I know he tried putting the UFC on hold again because he wanted to come back. He wanted to do both. But I know he, I know Dana White wasn't having him, plus the drug test or whatever he had and all that medical issue stuff. So I'm glad Dana didn't bring him back. So I'm just happy about that. But yeah, For sure. But yeah, you're right. It all depends on who makes money, unfortunately. I mean, look. Look at it. Look at Conor McGregor for for instance. Look how much he's done. Oh yeah, and he's still in it. Yeah, he makes he's making them a lot of money. He makes a lot of money. I was I actually just was looking the other day. He uh, his fight with Dustin Poirier. Poirier's base pay was five million, and he made one point five mm-hmm. in pay per views. Connor's base pay was 1.5 million, but he made 23 million in pay per views. Yeah. So. And for all the crap he does. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely making a lot of money. Like the one who was it that he was supposed to fight? I think it was Khabib again. Before that, remember the backstage issue with the bus. Yeah. That hurt other fighters' purses. I guarantee you, if you were a fighter, you wouldn't have liked that. Planned or no. Planned or not planned. Honestly, I think Dana should have got rid of him at that point, but... Connor? Yeah, with what Connor Oh, did. bro, he, he jumped on a plane with 20 guys and flew from Ireland to New York just to fight Khabib in the parking lot. I know. Like, come on. Crazy. Man. Yeah. And he hurt fighters. He hurt other fighters, and he took fights away from their purse. Yeah. I don't... I don't, I don't I'm sorry, but I don't expect that. Like, I know you... I mean, look at me. I know what about John Jones? Yeah, that's true. He does the same thing, too, but, I mean... I mean, he's not hurting other fighters, but he's hurting people outside of the cage, and he's hurting himself outside the cage, and, you know, he's having all sorts of issues. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, so... um, These other other promotions that that I got to ask you now, since we got along to these other promotions I got to ask you, is there... uh, Out of all the promotions, I know there's fights happening all around these promotions is there any UFC like we just talked about had a pay-per-view this morning in Abu Dhabi yep. was there any was there any fights from that card that interested you and are there any other fights from other promotions that are coming up that interest you um I mean there's a Bantamweight Grand Prix that's going on in Bellator that I enjoy watching right now some great guys there's a uh Patchy Mix, the guy who's on there, he's, he's a stud, really good fighter. 
Um, there is um, Danny Sabatello, wrestler guy. He's fighting. Um, God, what is his name? Super good wrestler, little explosive dude. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, super exciting tournament that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the UFC, there's another one coming up. Uh, 281 has got Frankie Edgar, his, his retirement fight against Chris Gutierrez. Um, friends with both guys. Um, that's going to be, I think they both have a clear path to victory. Um, they just have to implement their game. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's always good fights to be made now. You know, there's a lot of good fights happening all the time now, but, um, just, yeah, I, I really only watch, I'll, I'll watch PFL when it's on just because Rory was there for a while and, and I've known Rory since he's like 14 years old. He's a black belt under one of my black belts. Mm. So I watched PFL when he was over there. Um, otherwise I really just watch Bellator in the UFC. So, um, I got, I got to ask you now, um, obviously the Gracie started and they wanted this sport to go places, hence the first UFC. Do you, do you, uh, think that Gracie's now, or did they, or do you think they ever realized how big the sport was actually going to turn out to be? No, I'm sure they don't. You know, they, uh, they obviously profit off of it still by, by creating, you know, having all their gyms, their jiu-jitsu gyms and everything everywhere. But if they knew how big it was going to be, they wouldn't have sold it when they sold it. You know I mean? Them and, and, uh, SEG and whatever, they sold the friggin' UFC for $2 million. Right. And, uh, so I, I doubt, I'm sure they knew it'd grow, but not to the, to the extent that it has. I, I agree, because, yeah, it first started, like you said, SEG, and then they didn't want it. So then, yeah, that's when Dana and them sold it for, like, what you said, two two mil, I think it was? Two million. Yeah, they bought it for two million, then went 40 in the hole. Yeah. And then came back to where now, you know. Now, I've, I've gotten into it with a couple of the fighters I've had. Uh, do you know anything about this or if it's even solved yet? Um, this lawsuit going on. Do you know anything about that? Which one? Between the UFC and former fighters. Oh, I mean, I I know. I don't know if it's even gone. Has it gone even to court and stuff yet? I don't. I I think so. I think one of the fighters I had on recently. I'm not going to name names, but I think he said it's making progress. Okay. I think they're getting more money, but I'm not 100% sure. So. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not involved in that. <laughs> were you Were you ever part of, uh, came across to anybody ever asked you about that? No. Well, that's good. Okay, so that nope. took you out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, no, nothing with me. There you go. There you go. So now, um, back to your son. I know he wants to, obviously he wants to be a champion, but yep. um, has he told you a fight that he really wants to take right now? Or is he, no. or does he, does he want uh, the promotion just to give him whoever they put in front of him? Yeah, he, he's just taking them as they come. Like, we've got a fight four weeks from now, four weeks from yesterday. 
uh, in Chicago. And then uh, against a guy named Nick Talaveras, who's very tough, uh, tall, lanky guy. Then we turn right back around in camp and fight February 24th in Dublin, Ireland. And uh, after that, that's when uh, that's when our top guys start coming. You know, we start fighting the guys that are that are under us in the rankings. Um, you know, anywhere from nine nine down to one. And like I said, hopefully that takes place over a four four to five fight period. Um, I'm in no rush to jump him from from not ten to four. You know. Um, and and neither is he. He knows. You know, we kind of we know where he stands. We know where he'll be when we've we've laid out his career pretty pretty perfectly, and it's it's played out so far how it's uh, how we planned it. So the plan is to kind of keep trucking along and keep you know doing the same thing and getting getting where he's supposed to be. Now, two questions before I let you go. Obviously, rivalries make the sport better. Um, is there one that stands out to you that you enjoyed watching the most out of all the rivalries you've witnessed? And the second part to that question is, did you have any rivalries in while you were fighting? I mean, the only thing that would be a rivalry for me would have been Pat because we fought three times. I didn't fight anybody else multiple times, you know, um, I always wish that fight took place later in my career when I had more experience. Mm. Um, but, but again, it was always a, and, and besides the first two, we kind of talked trash back and forth a little bit in the, in the so-called media at the time. Um, we were always, it was a good rivalry, you know, it was, we were cool to each other and, uh, then became friends afterwards. Um, as far as other rivalries go, man, that's a, that's a tough one. I was always, uh, I liked the Chuck and Tito deal, <laughs> you know, one, yeah. that was an old one, but I liked it. Misha and Rhonda. I wish Misha would have beat Rhonda, but you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, there's been a lot of them. There has been, there has been, I agree. The Diaz brothers against GSP. Those, those, those were some good ones. Yeah, for sure. I miss, For sure. <laughs> I miss those ones. The, those, the, the Diaz those, brothers have a rivalry with everybody they fight. Yeah, exactly. Now that, that leads me to this bonus one about that before I get to the final one. Where do you? The other one just had a farewell fight, I guess, supposedly, or a last contract fight with them. Where do you see him going, or do you see him retiring? I mean, he thinks he's going to go box, but, bro, he shouldn't be punched in the head ever again. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like he's not a he's not a genius, you know. He's not. They've both been punched in the head a lot of times, and to go into boxing now, where they literally only punch you in the head or the body, you know, it's uh, I think it's a tough move. But honestly, man, if he gets to go over there and make some money, go ahead, you know, go go do it. But I'll just be careful, just because you don't want to take a lot of damage to the brain, yeah. and he clearly already has. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so now I ask this to everybody I have on the pod. Uh, obviously, you're obviously you coach your son, and I think you're still coaching, right? You still have your gym. You're still coaching. Um, yeah, I teach every night unless we're out of town right. coaching my son, and then I've got another son that wrestles D1 who's going to fight when he's done in college. 
So I got to ask you, what do you tell your students and what would you tell people new to the game that are trying to get into it, uh, how to succeed in it? I mean, first of all, pick a good gym. Pick a good gym with good coaches. Um, I'm a big fan of training separately. I'm a big fan of having taking jiu-jitsu classes, taking Muay Thai classes, taking wrestling classes, you know, learning the art separately instead of just learning the art of MMA. Um, that's why everybody's fights basically look the same these days. You know, it's a, a fight to you get a knockdown or a takedown and just fight for life to get back to your feet. It's basically a striking match, you know, with, with some takedowns here and there. Um, it's kind of killed the, the jiu-jitsu. Everyone does jiu-jitsu to defend and get up. Um, I think that's why my son's got a lot of subs because jiu-jitsu is he's still training jiu-jitsu for finishes and, and gets a lot of subs and he's got five first round subs uh, in Bellator. And so I think, I think it would be, it'd be best at least for the first, you know, however many years to learn the arts separately and, and then combine them instead of just going out and training MMA as one, um, then you're just kind of pretty good everywhere and not great anywhere. And I think it's good to have a, a solid foundation. Wrestling is, is one of the, you know, probably one of the best ones to learn. It's the hardest. Now, last one, seriously, before I let you go, last bonus one, I got to ask you out of all the fights you've seen, I know there's many, but is there one particular fight? Uh, and you can say yours if you want. You can say yours if you want. It don't matter to me. Is there one that you remember the most and like the most, and why do you why do you like it the most? I mean, in my opinion, the greatest fight of all time is Robbie and Rory. Um, Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald in in the UFC was a crazy, crazy, crazy fight. Um, but it was it was a five rounder ended in the middle of the third or the middle of the fifth round. Mm. And, um, it was just a, a, a all out war, but they were technical the entire time. You know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't sloppy. It was crazy that, you know, it was for sure. One of the best ever. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was a great fight. Um, Chandler and Gaethje was a freaking crazy fight. You know, um, those are good for the fans not my style uh, that I would want to, the way I would want to fight or, or want my kid fighting. Right. You know, those, those take your, they take the toll on your brain cells. And, uh, so, um, I, I liked a lot of fights in Japan. Just, there was a lot of grappling that took place in Japan and in Shudo and, and in pride. Um, Carlos Newton, I don't know if you remember Carlos Newton, but Carlos Newton was always a great grappler, man. Always fun to watch. Kamehameha man. Dragon Ball. Yes. Yes. Yeah, my two favorite fights for myself was my my Gomi fight and my Steve Berger, my decision win, Um, just because I got to really beat him up for three rounds. It wasn't a first round quick fight. I I got to fight a lot and show a lot in that fight. Perfect. I don't have to say anything better. Uh, I do appreciate your time again. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you very much. When when we get off here, I'm definitely going to stay in touch with you. Um, Cool. Send me that. Send me that stuff so I can check out your pod. Absolutely, so, absolutely. The Strangler, the Strangler podcast. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Chris uh, 
just under my name, Chris Brennan. My son, Lucas Brennan, also is the one who's fighting Bellator, and he's got a fight coming up on November 18th, Bellator 288. Hey, hey, we might have to get him on so you can tag team. Yeah, you should get him on. He's great. Yeah, just bring him on, and you can even be on if you want. The cool. two of you. Okay. <laughs> That'd be sweet. That would be. Hey, that's very May. Why not? Right on. And also, if you know anybody else, send them my way as well. So, always Will do. for more. I appreciate it. It was fun. I'll stay in touch. Send me that info so I can tune in. And there you go. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Have a good night. And take care, all right? See you, sir. Yep. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Well, this concludes episode, I think, 103, 104, somewhere around there. Uh, thank you again to Podcast One and BetOnline.net for sponsoring the show appreciate them and if you need all your bets go to them for all the games coming up either tonight tomorrow monday hockey etc is back open basketball now back ufc still in you got all these bets going go to them for all your betting needs so i do appreciate them and definitely for podcast one so Take care. This concludes episode number 103 with Chris Brennan. Take care and have a good night.